Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready. And yep. books are sexy. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. It's been some wild times at Dog-Eared Books. So wild. In fact, so wild that we're only down to our most pathetic Prosecco that was buried in the back (laughs) of the basement fridge. But we have Prosecco, so we can bubble today. Well, you probably shouldn't say what kind it is. No, we'll just say it's Prosecco, which means it's it's probably shit Prosecco. To quote Julia Langbein, shit Prosecco. Um, And it's not even, no, wait, it is. It's from Italy. That's all we'll say. It's an Italian shit Prosecco. And you know what? It could surprise us. And then later we'll reveal this amazing bargain buy (laughs) that is worthy of hiding in your fridge until you're desperate enough to drink it. I don't know how I don't know how long it's been there. What if like Emily put it down there for like an event drink or something and she goes to get it and she's like, Where is my Prosecco? Like, whoopsie daisies, the owners drank it. Here comes the pop. It smells good. It's not bad. Ellen, tell me what you're reading right now. Well, Amanda, I am reading a book I was also reading last time, which is Wandering Stars by Tommy Orange. So last time I was reading two books Mm -hmm. and then I got really sucked into one of them, A Wolf at the Table. Mm -hmm. It's like a big fat book. So I finished that and then I returned to Wandering Stars. And Wandering Stars is so good. Tommy Orange wrote They're There. It's a novel in stories. That follows um, indigenous people in the city of Oakland. Wandering Stars is a bit of a follow-up. There's some crossover characters. uh, But it's about the history of a family. Um, So it goes all the way back to like the 1860s. And each chapter is like a different member of this family through the generations. And now in the second half of the book where I am, it's really focused on like present the present day family. Um, And it's three siblings, three brothers who are being raised by their great aunt and each of these each of these characters is sort of trying to figure out like who am i these three boys were not really raised with any of their like indigenous culture um so what does it mean to be indigenous when i don't really know anything about my my history or my family history Mm mm-hmm and also their great aunt who's raising them, but their grandma's kind of in their picture. Their mom has died. And just this generational trauma that has come to, you know, I guess rest on all of them. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways Tommy Orange describes it in the book, it's like it's like a row of dominoes, right? Mm-hmm. Every generation lands on the next generation. Wow. Every generation feels the weight of the generations before wow. them. Um, and it's, oh my God, his writing is just perfection and i'm just here sitting it's here perfection. waiting for you to finish so i can read it i have the digital arc i have the dirk amanda i can't pass it along to you <laughs> okay Quit okay you're bitching. okay I'll, what are I, you reading <laughs> i am reading I might be guilty of that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we'll find out. The plot thickens. We'll find out. She stole it and lost it, and now she's blaming my Dirk. Okay, back to me. Yeah, what are you reading? Because I see in our notes what mm-hmm. you're reading, and mm-hmm. I'm very interested. 
I was very interested in this premise. It is called The Other Valley. It is written by Scott Alexander Howard. When I started reading it, it is written from the perspective of a teenage girl, Odile. Is that how you would say it? Odile? It feels French. Okay. So like the culture feels French and English at the same time. Anyway, she is coming of age and needs to find her way to the profession she will be nominated for and then see if she qualifies for. It's very much a community in which there are apprenticeships, connections matter, testing and aptitude matters, but you're eventually Once you're done with high school age, get matched with a profession and you're either accepted into it or not. Her mother very much wants her to join the council, which would be like the governing body. She's smart enough, um, definitely, but she is very reserved and always has been. She doesn't have very many friends. Um, But in this valley, they exist in a valley, a community in a valley, and they are bordered by mountains on either side and to the west and to the east are replicas of their valley and their existence but they are 20 years in the past and 20 years in the future so cool i know and there are special people who are able to ferry people over the mountains valley to valley with very special permission for very special reasons so people in the future could come to visit the current time that Odile is living in because maybe a loved one has passed and it's usually has something to do with the passing of someone. It's like a, a grieving ritual that you would come back in time and you would get to see your loved one alive again. And she's posed with a question very early on, if you could travel to the either of the valleys, which would you choose? The past where her father still lives because her father does not live in her current life. He died or maybe committed suicide. I don't know yet. Or would you want to see the future? And um, it's a really interesting premise. It feels a lot like, um, why can't I think of it? The Giver. Feels like feels oh, like that yeah, kind yeah. of alternate universe the giver. I definitely, and also this book called Elsewhere. That's what I was just thinking. Alexa Shaken. It's giving me Elsewhere Elsewhere vibes. vibes. Yeah. So I like it. It's got a killer cover. Um, I'm invested enough that I'm going to keep going. And uh, we're both reading books for February because we take our subscription very seriously. We want to find the very best book coming out in February. And I will say this shit Prosecco is not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's kind of sweet. So a cultural moment just happened. It occurs cultural that moment. it happens every year in the world of people who listen to music, which sometimes and podcasts and all the other and shows. podcasts through Spotify. Spotify does this thing that they call Wrapped. They compile all the listening data of all of their users, and then they provide you with simultaneously across the country. Everyone gets their rap at the same time, relatively. Um, a report on what was their number one song, who was their favorite artist, favorite album, um, top 10 songs, how many minutes did they listen to things? Podcasts are included. My kids so totally fucked up my Spotify rap. Right. But go on. And so that's part part of the fun of wrapped is it is an opportunity to share with others and to talk about those things. Like my my 
Spotify has been manipulated by children always requesting Taylor Swift. Am I requesting that? No, I like her, whatever, but I don't <laughs> listen to her a million hours a year. Um, what did your kids do to yours? Oh, weird, obscure anime theme song shit. So in the spirit of Spotify wrapped, we are doing a dog-eared books wrapped 2024 edition. 2023 to- edition. Sorry, 2020. Sorry. In the spirit of Spotify Wrapped, we are doing a dog-eared books wrapped edition, 2023. We've seen this done amongst our peers in the bookselling industry. It's fascinating to see what their best-selling titles have been or what genres have been particularly strong for them. And Rachel's um, gonna do a really cool TikTok video of this. Sure. Of our wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I'll do a TikTok of Ellen rapping. Yeah, <laughs> and you can, can see me wrapping a present. Wrap or wrap. Yeah, which she prefer? Um, I find data really interesting. We rely on data throughout the year to shape our curation and our programming, whatever. But um, the man behind the scenes, my husband, Austin, loves data. He loves spreadsheets. He loves reports. It's kind of a joke amongst everyone who knows him. So we put him to the task and he pulled out of our point of sale system tons and tons of data. So the first thing I'm going to start with is what do you think? This is a trick question. And we should ask Rachel because Ellen can see the results. <laughs> Rachel, what do you think the number one selling item in our store was over the last year? yell it so that people can hear the putty that's a very good guess but it definitely isn't even in the top 10 we have little mini putty <laughs> that's a good guess but it's not so <laughs> surprise surprise coffee cup of coffee is our number one selling item okay we sell far more books but in terms of a single line item you know like a title versus a cup of coffee we I sold said books but I, I was thinking outside of like just because it was, yeah. Yeah. We sold over a thousand cups of coffee. Um, plus there's all the unpaid uh, coffee cups that we've served our booksellers. It's worth mentioning because we do have exceptional coffee. We have sometimes battles among staff debating which blend is better. But it's worth noting because we often talk about how proud we are that we have these local connections with other local makers and artisans. And we get our coffee from Windwell Coffee, which is located in Southwest Ames. The beans, they source from across South America. They travel and support small growers and then bring in really exceptional beans and roast them locally. It's run by Andrew Bergeson, an Ames native and Iowa State alum, as well as Rob Pearson, who was once a California boy, but is now an Iowan. In their bios on their website, they call him out as a Hawkeye, which I feel like is like a real dig. But anyway, shout out Windmill. There's a reason why our coffee is so in demand. Um, Also in our top single item sold would be scones, cookies, and bars. We may be responsible for some of the consumption of those film <laughs> cookies and bars. We're responsible for like at least a third. <laughs> right. Right. But all of these number in like 800, 883 scones sold, um, 681 cookies and 642 bars. Um, we love these. 
They're worth noting because we get them from Mel Sweet Occasions, another Main Street business um, that works solely of Mel uh, Bacher. Mel makes everything herself. Like every single scone, bar, and cookie she is doing herself. She works so hard. I have been the recipient of many of her like totally fantastic birthday cakes. She does weddings, graduations, birthdays, holidays, etc. Um, so we really rely on these delicious baked goods and coffee to create the full experience of being at our bookstore. Yes. And they're so delicious. And she is like, she'll do like anything. She's super creative. So like if you need like cake or cookies or something and you give her an idea, she can do it. Like penis cookies. She'll do those. She she will do those. She'll do vasectomy cakes. Wow. Nothing is below her. (laughs) She also does high end, very beautiful things, but she is game for anything and has a great sense of humor and we love her to death. Shout out mouth. Um, Now let's get into what we're all about. Dog-Eared Books is about the books, our love of books. Um, best-selling book of the entire year. Has a reason. It's at the top of the list. Tell us, Ellen. Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. How many friend. have we sold? We have sold 331 copies. And 200-some of those were part of our campaign to try to bring her to Ames. Invite still stands. She knows we exist. We got a nice letter from her and a shout out on social. But uh, this book is worthy of being top of the list. Number one, because she's a badass female author. We love the book, but it was the Pulitzer Prize winner. Yeah, it's anything she writes is fantastic. But I have yet to meet a person who read this book who didn't just love it. It is so immersive. You care so much about the characters. Nobody writes place like Barbara Kingsolver does. And I think she, in this book, she very much, like, writes about a people who are, like, often looked down upon in this country, like, you know, who we would call maybe hillbillies, right? Right. In a derogatory way. And the very specific problems that that region of the country deals with and where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, And she writes about these characters with such compassion um, and really makes you sort of rethink the way you think about poverty, the way you think about the opioid addiction, or crisis, I guess, and um, and really just that region of the country. Right. Second on the list is Field Guide to Dumb Birds of North America by <laughs> we've, Matt We've Croft. really sort of like run the gamut here. Yeah. <laughs> so people can't resist this book because of its very snarky humor. It was a bestseller last year. It is a bestseller this year as well. Like people pick this up for everyone in their life. Anyone who has any slight interest in birds is buying this for themselves or for someone else. Um, It should come as no surprise that The Housemaid is number three on the list. Frida McFadden kind of has blown Colleen Hoover out of the water a little bit. Um, She's the new hot chick on the best-selling table. Everyone's read The Housemaid. Everyone was excited about The Housemaid's Secret. But, you know, we have a bunch of her... um, backlist that was previously Mm self-published um so the housemaid has been right up there next we have actually the number one selling title in the history of our store right is the seven and a half deaths of evelyn hardcastle by Stuart turton and we're super excited because he has a new book coming out in the spring we're pleading to bring him to Ames. We'll see if he gets here. But he did send us a stack of signed book plates that we've added to our 
uh, copies of Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle for the holiday season. So that's super cool. Um, Sarah J. Moss <laughs> is like, she's always been a bestseller since we opened our store. Um, a Court of Thorns and Roses, just it like, it's like the tide. It just always comes back up. Well, I, I swear to God, like every time I'm working, at least one person comes in and buys a book from that series. Yep. And I'm always like, oh, are you about to finish the last one, the, the previous one? And they're like, yeah, like they can't wait. They like have they to get They can't it have right downtime. It's all, it's all the time. I think this is, has to be our best selling series. And a lot of times with series, what we notice is like the first book, maybe the second book will sell a lot but beyond that like tapers off it tapers off this is not the case with this series i would be curious in the tv reality show lifestyles of the rich and famous authors what her lifestyle is like i want to hey, know sarah j Moss, why don't you come hang with us yeah um we could do sham champagne dreams and caviar dream what is it champagne <laughs> wishes and caviar dreams we could do that I don't know what that is. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I really want to do it. Um, this is a delightful title. Next on our wrapped top 10 would be The Thursday Murder Club by Richard yeah. Osman. Retirement village people solving cold cases together. Quirky characters and a great mystery. There are four in the series now. It continues to sell well. We love it. We like to take credit for the next on the list. Legends and Lattes <laughs> by Travis Baldry. Who on stuff actually discovered it? Was it Jess? Uh, it was actually Danica. It was Danica. Danica. And I remember when it came in because it was before it got like picked up by, yeah. by a major publishing house. And I was like, what the fuck is this book? It's it, weird. Like, it looked like the... It looks like fan I mean, the fiction. It was very, was like very, I don't know, amateurish. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And Danica was like, he told me I could order it. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll trust you, I guess. And then, man, did it take off. It's a New York Times bestseller now, but we started it. Good job, Danica. And I um, just bought the sequel for my husband for Christmas. Mm. And he doesn't listen to this podcast, so he's not going to know. Oh, I love it. I love my husband doesn't listen to the podcast either. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> they hear enough of us talking at home. Shame. Shame. Okay. Tyler and Austin. Also on the bestseller table for quite some time would be The Silent Patient by Alex McLeodes. I've actually never read this, and I really probably should. It is a classic psychological thriller that involves a psychologist, which I'm kind of don't know how I feel about because psychologists and therapists are really important and we don't need to involve them in this twisted shit. <laughs> They're already involved in enough twisted I guess shit. they probably are. Um, one of our two Taylor Jenkins Reads books finish up our top 10. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. We love that book. Favorite Taylor it, Jenkins Reads. It just keeps moving right all the time there's something about that book because you know she writes sort of within this it's not a series but all these books are in a universe together mm -hmm. most of them not all of them. right and the first one is daisy jones and the six and then there's evelyn hugo and then there's a bunch of other ones but for some reason evelyn hugo is the one that people keep gravitating toward she is a flawed character and her choices were complicated and you admire her for persisting to be the one who wins it out. Yeah, even if you don't always really like her, she's 
Yeah, she's worthy of admiration. And the period of time and the Hollywood era and the men she was involved with, it's all very interesting. One True Loves, her other novel um, on the list, falls heavily into romance. Good for you, Taylor. Good job, Taylor. So just to note, just outside the top 10 would be Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. She's just outside, but she didn't make the top 10. Interesting. Um, so Spotify would also tell you who your favorite artist is. We have some data on best-selling authors. So a, a title like Barbara King Solver's work can, um, be our bestseller, but we also look at authors who have a broader array of work that are mm. is selling really well. Relating back to our previous conversation, top of the list is Sarah J. Moss. We have told sold 867 of her books. So this goes across all of her series, Throne of Glass, which is in Young Adult, A Court of Thorns and Roses, which goes by Akatar, um, and then her new series, the Crescent City series, which has two books about to release its third. She, people just love her work. So she's top of the list. I love number two. <laughs> DK Pocket Genius. DK Pocket Genius. You're wondering what the hell is DK Pocket Genius? Listen, if you want to learn about rocks and minerals from a book that can fit in your pocket, this is a series. I know. <laughs> you can do mammals, inventions, Earth, outer space, underwater, dinosaurs, ocean life, dinosaurs, the human body. sports. There's a million topics. They're all nonfiction subjects for those little kids who just... I mean, there's something so attractive about a pocket-sized book that you can just pour through. Kids love these books, and they're a really great price point. So I think a lot of parents will just say, okay, fine. <laughs> you can have it. So we have about two dozen editions. They are our second best-selling author. So good job, DK. And then I think a few more honorable mentions that we should put on here. Some some of these people were on our top 10 books, but Christina Lauren, we have to, I think, we have to talk about. Yeah, Christina Lauren, we hosted Christina and Lauren for an event on their tour. It was just such a major honor to be put on their tour for the True Love Experiment. We had so much fun. Uh, we had awesome cocktail. Um, we had a great backdrop. We had great conversation. They were the most amazing people ever. Um, we feel honored to know them. It was a big score for us. So they definitely made um, our top 10 authors because we had that event and got to share so much of their backlist in addition to the True Love Experiment. Um, kind of grouping together with that, Colleen Hoover stays up there in the top 10. No surprise. Taylor Jenkins Reid, we've talked about she's in the top 10. Frida McFadden, we said her backlist is selling alongside with The Housemaid and The Housemaid's Secret. Um, Rebecca Yaros is on there too now. Good for her. Good job, Rebecca. Iron Flame really helped push you up there. We mentioned Matt Crocked, Crocked, the Dumb Birds guy. Um, Dav Pilkey, I will say Dav so I know how to spell it correctly. It's Dave Pilkey. Dave Pilkey <laughs> is the author of Dog Man, Cat Kid Comic Club, and Dire, uh, Dire, no, Captain Underpants. He's Captain Underpants. So he sells a million books. My kids love his stuff. And Barbara did make our top 10. Yeah, Barbara. Because that book was so exceptional and so many people read it. Um, to give you a broad scope of where we pulled all this data from, 
we sold 13,667 unique titles out of our store. You asked me earlier, you asked me to guess how many, and I guessed 8,000. Right. And 6,594 of those, which is almost half, we sold just one copy of. So these would be favorites off of our shelf that we create all the time, or all those amazing special orders that we place for our customers who have very unique and specific interests, obscure series or research topics or old favorites from their childhood. We love when those books come through. All right. To put things in perspective, and I'm always curious about this, I don't look very often, how do the various sections of our stores stack up? Ellen and I love adult fiction. Does it win? It does. It does, because it's our bookstore, and we give it all our love, and we really focus on it. So adult fiction is the winner. It's the top of all of our genres in the store. Um, It's the best. But coming into a pretty close second, and this is not a surprise to Not me, a surprise at all. It's romance. They're the most voracious, enthusiastic readers. They can't wait for the next book to come out. Uh, we have huge participation in our Love Unleashed subscription service. So not and, a surprise. And in the book club between the covers. Oh, my gosh. They had to split they to, to two groups. Two <laughs> and it's still still super full. Uh, fantasy came up next in third place. And I was so thrilled to discover that kids picture books is in fourth place because that's my personal love. And I give it a lot of space and a lot of care and a lot of enthusiasm. So thank you for investing in your kids reading life and gifting to them and allowing them to pick a book each time they're in the store. Um, And then to note, mystery thriller comes in fifth place which is fine. We love the mystery thrillers. Um, So those are great. Now, in each of the classes and genres in our store, we have a winner. Um, So when we're looking at fiction, it should come as no surprise with the data that we've given you already today that Demon Copperhead was the top fiction title. Worthy. In romance, it was One True Love by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Fantasy, Court of Thorns and Roses. Okay, picture books. Okay, Listen, Matt Pet. This, this guy owes you some shit. Okay? Tag him in this episode, At please. Matt Pet. I made I Eat Poop happen. I've sold like over 300 copies for Is it sure. Matt Pet or Mark Pet? <laughs> Mark Pet. Tag you. Tag- At Pet. At Pet. Mark Pet. You owe me. You need to come to Ames to talk about eating poop. <laughs> because we have sold over 300 copies of your book, I Eat Poop, and I dressed up as the dung beetle before anyone else dressed up as the dung beetle. I invented the poop sandwich in a brown bag. You did. I did at Children's Institute in Phoenix, just so you know. <laughs> so it's the winner of the picture book. We sell like 20 a month. There are many other good picture books, but I really love it. I think it's a perfect combination of education, social, emotional learning, humor, and great illustration. Mystery thriller, The Housemaid, Frida McFadden, kids' board books, What's in My Truck. We sell like 10 of those a month at least. It's really awesome because it's for those like vehicular obsessed children. They like (laughs) to move the slide and pull to reveal what's in the trucks, all the cool tools. Um, In kids' middle grade, 
the one and only Ruby is the winner. That's the uh, third book in the one and only Ivy, uh, one and only Ivan series. And I'm really glad that kids are connecting with this. I think it's such a great bridge chapter book. And then it has illustrations and short chapters and really deep meaning. So I love that. And uh, our next two, I'm really excited about. Yeah, tell because me, they're these, both local. In these sections, these are both local authors and like good friends of the store. So in Mind, Body, Spirit, our, or sorry, in Bio Memoir, our best-selling book is Kitchen Arabic by Joe Geha. So he's an Iowa State guy, and it's a memoir slash cookbook about um, his, his family's history. And, and their love of food. Yep, and it's fantastic. And then in Mind, Body, Spirit, we have Feminist Prayers for My Daughter, by Shannon Evans. She's amazing. We We love her. her. She comes all the time with her kids and her family. She's an amazing person. She is a spiritual woman. She grew up Catholic. She's is, it calls herself Catholic, but has this very like open-minded view of who God is and what God's purpose and role in your life can be. She frees, I think, believers to have a looser, more comfortable, more personal relationship with spirituality. Um, And this particular book, Feminist Prayers for My Daughter, is so moving because as we raise daughters in the world, we have so many fears for them and we see them affected by society in so many ways. And so these prayers give you the words to think about what you most want for your children. In classic, we have the Princess Bride Deluxe Edition. Yeah. Like as seen in the movie. <laughs> I know. It's the original. We love that this book keeps selling. And it should be no surprise in history that Killers of the Flower Moon is our bestseller because of the movie. It's also just a... It's a great book. It's a fantastic book. And an amazing author. Also worthy of note is in our historical fiction section, Heaven and Earth Grocery Store is really awesome. Jane's McBride, it was a subscription pick for us. It's just great storytelling with great heart. And this book has had success, I think, across the country. It's not just in our store. And I'm really glad to see it because it's such a good book. (laughs) Something that'd be interesting to know would be that we, in this year, we have sold 2,000 815 gift cards. (laughs) I love that so much because it means there are that many people who think that they it's worthy of gifting the experience of coming to our store to someone else or there's someone in their life that loves us so much they want a gift card to be able to buy whatever they want. I love it. We host a ton of events at the store, community, book clubs, author events. So we have a few data points for you there. We've hosted a total of 21 author events. 12 of those have been cocktails and convos events with authors. And then we've had nine smaller readings or signing events. We're so grateful for our events planner, Emily. I love this next one. Yeah, it's insane. Guess how many, Rachel, guess how many book club meetings we have held at dog-eared books in 2023 yeah just a weird math okay we have what 10 currently Mm -hmm. times 126 because i'm trying to double up you're close 119 book club that was really good math thank you numbers are not my friend i'm very proud that we have hosted 119 gatherings around books yeah book clubs Book club. Because we we like book clubbing. 
Yeah, we do. That's our kind of clubbing. We have also participated in 10 downtown events, which are really awesome. Um, one thing we just want to say real quick, just a side note, and we will have a future Bubbles and Books episode popping off about this topic, is 34% of the books that we've sold in our store are coming from Penguin Random House. They're big honchos in our publishing world, but they're also doing really important work in our state. They've decided to take on the awful book banning that's happening in schools and libraries and sue the state of Iowa on behalf of the children, the teachers, everyone who will suffer because of these horrible laws that are taking very valuable books out of our schools and libraries. Yes. So it was, this is a lawsuit that also includes <clears throat> Iowa State Education Association, a number of authors, including John Green, Jody Pico, uh, Melinda Lowe, Lori Halls Anderson, one of my favorites, uh, as well as some teachers. And so to see Penguin Random House join this lawsuit, this like, you know, huge company in, in the publishing world, I think is really, really important. Right. They're important leaders and they're doing work that's very necessary and they're using their clout for good. Um, and on a final note, we love our customers so much. One of the ways in which we can understand how our community has grown is each time when people check out, we ask whether you're part of our rewards program. We like to give a little bit back to you by putting your name in our system and you get a kickback of a, essentially 5% discount over time. We get you a $10 credit in store once you spend $200 in the store. All you got to do is give us your name. Well, guess how many people gave us their name this year? We didn't ask for anything else. We didn't get any social security numbers. Don't worry. Or phone or, numbers. Or phone numbers. Or nothing. They just said their name so we could be their friend, so we can know them by name where everybody knows your name. It's cheers moment. Guess, Rachel. Loudly. 242? No way. <laughs> 11,837 <laughs> people said they Holy liked us. Shit. They really like us. Just new this year? Just new this year, 11,000 people have joined our rewards program and are accruing points to get their credit to use in the store. All right. So that's dog-eared books wrapped. Thanks, guys, for the awesome year. We love seeing what you love reading, and we love sharing what we love with you. Okay, let me tell you about what's popping on the shelves this week. Only a few new releases this week, Amanda. Right. It starts with Psych. Psych! By Paul Bloom in paperback. Also, I just want to say that that is one of the, you know, most poignant moments of the movie The Three Ninjas oh. is when they're having a basketball tournament and Colt says, Psych! Psych! Go it's on. underused in today's <laughs> culture. It's so underused. This <laughs> is a comprehensive overview of the field of psychology. It reveals what it can tell us about the most pressing moral and political issues of our time, including belief in conspiracy theories. I don't understand why people buy into them. I guess I have to read Psych to find so out. So are you making an accusation? Because I was just relaying to you that I didn't sleep last night because I watched an alien documentary. Yeah, you need to read this book to understand why you bought into that. I totally buy into it. Aliens are real. Comment in the comments yeah. <laughs> if you believe it. <laughs> there are two romances coming out or coming to our store this week. The first one sounds really interesting. It, and it's that been, is a euphemism. It's been talked about behind the counter on several occasions. It's called Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver, brought to you by Katie, our expert on romance. This is all I know from the conversations I've yes. ever heard. 
corpses and sex. I don't know that there's sex with a corpse. But in a cage with a dead person. But there's sex around a corpse. And an engagement ring is retrieved from a dead person's eye. So if that's your thing, <laughs> check out. But multiple Butcher people, multiple people on staff have read it. And if you love doing the quirky stuff in the romance genre, this is for you. We also have this. I don't this- know if I- sure Mariah said in the last episode I- she doesn't know if she would ever want to give this to a customer. I don't know well, if I would to. call it quirky. Uh, this is a little bit. I think it's funny. <laughs> I I believe in Katie. If she brought it into the store, there's some joy to be had there. Okay. Also in the romance well, genre. I believe in aliens and you're judging me. In paperback is Stage Kiss by Amelia Jones. This is a between the covers pick. It is about two stage actors who find themselves falling for each other after an onstage kiss. And it's I mean, enemies to lovers. Who doesn't love that? I imagine this is how it happens all the time with all the Hollywood starlets. So. Did you like when you met Austin? Did you hate him at first? No, I harassed him until he agreed to like me. <laughs> I totally had the hots for my husband right away. But I I did have a friend who a friend who I'm gonna go see actually next month. She's not dating this guy anymore. But in college, like she went to school in Ohio at Case Western Reserve, and she called me our freshman year, and she was like, "God, this guy is like so fucking annoying. Like she just hated this guy in her dorm. Like he's such a douche. She always like he just really rubbed her the wrong way. But then she screwed then him, and it was date, hot. Then they dated for like seven years. Wow. <laughs> and when she told me, I was like, "Wait, wasn't that the guy you were just like ranting about?" She's like, oh, yeah. Mm, I guess so. <laughs> I just was misinterpreting was enemies, the energy. It was enemies to lovers. It happens in real life. But then they d- didn't last. But anyway. Okay, we have okay. a couple board books coming out. Dog Kisses, which, of course, we have to order because we love dogs and lovey kisses everyone. It's from Todd Parr. People love his illustrations. It's a counting book. One silly doggy kisses on the head. Two cuddly doggy kisses when in bed. You know how it will go. Kids who love dogs will love it. And you love to do the little kisses for your kids. Hippos Remain Calm, I Need This Book by Sandra Boynton. She does hippos. Hippos go berserk. This is like the opposite. They're sitting and drinking tea on the cover. So we'll see. I guess it's very philosophical. And it will teach. (laughs) (laughs) It will teach kids how to remain calm, and I have the wrong description for that book. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's so popping in the store this week? Well, in keeping with the recent topic, the book Blood Feast is going to be discussed at Found in Translation on Friday, December 15th from 7 to 8. On Saturday, Good Books Yum Troublemakers will be reading The Unlovable Alina Butt. By Ambreen Butt Hussein is based on real life experiences of being made fun of for your last name. Did you ever get made fun of for your name, Ellen? Um, my brother used to call me Ellen the Ten Ton Watermelon. That's so creative <laughs> and also horrible. Mariah calls me smelling. Yeah, that's really bullying that is behavior. So horrible. Mariah. I got called a man duh. <laughs> That's what I got made fun of. Rude. For my name. Holden is like, people keep trying to make me hold things. I'm like, no, they don't. You're lying. (laughs) 
Anyway, Tommy loved this one. This is one of her favorite books of the year. So good book, Sam Troublemakers. We'll be having lots of fun discussing this on Saturday, December 16th from 4 to 5 p.m. Cafe Philosophy is meeting on Sunday, December 17th from 2 to 3 p.m. They just discuss the meaning of life every month and solve a lot of problems. Okay, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week. Yeah, and if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at at dog-eared books Ames or at dog-eared books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>